to the stage, Lara. Lara, when's Jesus coming back? <laughs> In this presentation, I will be talking about why we don't eat Jesus. <laughs> no, we've been talking about, have you seen that thing where people get together, they get their group of friends together and they all do PowerPoint presentations. I want to yes! so bad. Have you seen I this? I have friends to do that. Mine would be... There's no bar. Why Gemma isn't a fat cunt. <laughs> and, and, and all the theological law that comes with that yeah. chapter two what was the... she does have the vernacular <laughs> what was what was the reasoning of the name chanel for the parrot yeah <laughs> where did chanel come go <laughs> yes. was chanel found was chanel found and also what it, i want to i want to do one called what was the dog doing <laughs> I, what I was the fox yeah <laughs> is the fox in pain <laughs> <laughs> Why does glue stick to the inside of the bottle? That's a bit shy. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> it's like questions like that I get from the kids all the time. Like I keep getting the one of like, but why are you a miss and not a missies? And I'm like, oh, because I'm a too young. Too young. I thought you were like thirty. And I'm like, oh. I'd be like, you now belong out this window. <laughs> Honestly, from going from like hospitality into like education and trying to hold back my tongue when i have children swearing at me is so hard like i had a kid call me a fat cunt the other day oh, <laughs> like and i was literally sitting there and i was God. like i had to like hold back my tongue so hard i was like I'm in, you're a little piece of shit aren't you kids <laughs> are demons we went to we went to a holiday park and um we went to the pool and in the changing room next to me was a mom getting changed with uh her child and the, and the kid said Mummy, you've got a big tummy. <laughs> and I remember thinking, if that were me, I would leave you here. <laughs> do you have any do you have any fit fit school teachers at your school? Um I mean Where'd I can't really work? say that. I'm a, I'm in a long term committed relationship. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, but, but... <laughs> I mean I try to think, so I I mean I see them as my colleagues. I mean, you look, you can look at the shoes, you don't have to wear them. Right. Like, Some of the parents have major crushes on the three male teachers, though. It's quite funny. Really? And try and get their kids to set up like them with the teacher. That's weird. Trying to get your child to get you with the it's teacher. Like, I know. It's like, <laughs> imagine a kid coming. But imagine like a kid coming up to him being like, excuse me, my dad wants to paint you. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what they sound like? Because <laughs> all small children are Scottish like, to me. I know, you still... Uh, you know. Ben! Sorry, Ben's going to be okay right now. Ben! what? <laughs> he's playing a video game right now. He's got COVID, oh. so he's like hiding in the room. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> Now and again, there was a demon being summoned in the other room. And you wonder why you've not seen me much since you need. Like, what have you been up to? It's like I went on a gap year abroad. Oh, I like just took some time off. I got possessed by a demon and then became a teacher. The only way I could get over my embarrassment of the last three years of my life. My demon headmaster. That's what you are, my demon headmaster. Do you remember that show? No. No. <laughs> it's, one, it's like that thing of like, oh, I like those shows that ever, only I watched. It's like all over TikTok just now. anyone remember watch, watching The Hoobs at 6am? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, oh no, my God. really strong. <laughs> yes. Yes. Did, Carl, did you not tell me that you were in an episode of The Hoobs? Or was that something else? What? We had, I'm sure we've had this conversation where you were like, I, I thought I was in an episode of The Hoobs. Right, there was, right, there was, right, I have these moments in my life, I have really vivid dreams, right? And right. if anyone out there knows, they know, right? But He's like, an empath. <laughs> I'm an empath, right, and I have these dreams where it's like, I have dreams that feel really realistic to a point that I wake up and I go, did that happen or not? Yeah, okay. So I have, like, memories in my head that could be dreams so <laughs> so i either was on an episode of a child's movie like child's film or tv show but like in the background or something like one of the extras or i dreamt it and it never happened <laughs> i just it's similar but like 
as a child I had a many many imaginary friends to the point where I used to pretend that I was like part of TV shows so like I used so I used to watch the wiggles and pretend I was the pink wiggle and then it was big cook. you remember big cook little cook yeah yes I used to pretend I was medium cook and I would join in in the songs medium cook so be like, that's, <laughs> that's the most impressive ever. so I'd be like big cook little cook and medium and cook, medium cook. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an imaginary friend when I was younger called William and he was French and he used to he used to only appear in the bathroom. <laughs> so I'm thinking, was my was this like was my imaginary friend a nonce? Was <laughs> he a French nonce? Because he only used to appear in the bathroom like in the evening when I was on the loo. Yeah, literally. And but like when I was on the loo as a kid and then like would tell me to do like, like bad things. And I'm like, what the, f I'm not like, God. no, not just like, you know, like throw a ball out the window or something. It'd be funny. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> not like kill my mother or something. I was going to say performing arts feels like a mental health hospital sometimes, doesn't it? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> introduce it first before we get into that shit. Okay, we have to do it like teachers. How does a teacher talk? Good evening, uh, morning. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, class. Good welcome. morning, Mr. Broadhurst. <laughs> I did not finish. Good morning, class, and welcome to the Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast episode. We've not decided yet. My name is Kyle Broadhurst. My name is Miss... Noir. And joining us today for this very special episode, uh, if you can't guess the topic from our already amazing impressions. <laughs> Next we've got art. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the podcast, the one, the only, Lara Patterson. Hi, Lara. Hello, how are you? We are really good. Thank you so much for coming on. Now, Lara. Yes. Let everyone at home know your pronouns, a little bit about you, and just just the 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 spice, the flavor, the essence. Let us know what it the essence, the perfume bottle. Yeah, what would it smell what like? What it, would it look what, like? What would it feel I like? I mean, today's essence is um, Paco Rabanne Lady Million, but that's not the point. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> So um, my name's Lara Patterson, uh, pronouns are she, her. Uh, I am a caffeine addict, uh, well known to many for falling over a box one time at uni. And <laughs> I had to say that to make you laugh, I'm sorry. <laughs> they, they put it right, okay, we've got to bring it up now it's started. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am currently working in a primary school as a people support worker. And as of September, I'm moving to Liverpool to do my drama teacher training. Wow. And I also like lemon and herb. That's <laughs> my spice level. <laughs> What's that? Lemon and herb. <laughs> lemon, um, lemon herb. Is that what your perfume would smell like? I do. I like spicy food, but I prefer the flavor of lemon and herb. Oh, oh. as in that would be your spice, not what your perfume would be. Yeah. I'm like, oh, why would you? Why perfume. would you want to smell like Spray lemon. lemon herb fish? <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 yeah, we have to backtrack on this box story because it is maybe my favourite thing that has ever happened. It was to the me in only the thing life. people would talk to me about at uni. Not a lot of people <laughs> talked to me. Only when they did. Basically, uh, we were in our second year of uni, and I was trying. We were doing this like weird lift thing, and I. So basically, the way it worked it was like somebody was like, you know, the old-fashioned like planking trend that went about in like 2016. So I had to be basically I had to lift somebody up um above my head and I had like their hands on my shoulders oh god and then we had to walk about the room with this person just up there and I'm just like you know loving life chilling about blah 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 and then all of a sudden there was like these black cubes in the studio that we worked in and me, me, me going there's a fox Harley's gonna fall on my head Carly's either gonna break me or break her and then I just somehow collapsed over the box to save Carly it was, it was, it was, it was this really slow fall <laughs> <laughs> we were all holding this person up and Laura just sort of goes 
I kind of um I think that brings us in a little bit to our sort of like topic sort of um bringing you on as, as someone that is now teaching the next generation yes. uh, we found that a lot of the topics that we're talking about uh daisy tends to ask what we think we could do in the future to prevent issues from occurring uh, or helping people helping the conversation and a lot of the times what we come up with is it starts in places like schools just get people oh, yeah. comfortable with having the conversation and having these open and honest conversations and and why we're here today is to talk a little more about that uh, from the yeah. perspective of someone who is teaching the next generation. And um, we also kind of want to touch on what your experience was like being taught throughout your life, you know, and how that changed and sculpted, not just you, but all of us. But as I get to yeah. we're focusing in on you. <laughs> no pressure. You know? so, um, so I guess my first question would be what, why did you make this decision? to start teaching i feel like it's that whole thing of i've just always been one of those people that goes to help people if that makes sense mm. like i've always been that person that helps the the victim of bullying and whatever it was as a child and then going into the workplace and going into management it was a case of oh I, i'm teaching you how to use a tool but for me it was my experience at drama school in particular and it was the how do I word this it was like the way that I got treated by certain lecturers and made me lose my actual love for acting and performing myself made me go actually I want to help the next generation in that sense to still have their love but still understand what performing arts has and what it will like happen to you if that makes sense mm -hmm. I don't know but yeah I mean it also just kind of felt like me like I always had some like from a child being like oh you're going to be a teacher and I was like yeah probably yeah <laughs> and it's just been a thing that's like it just makes sense in a way with who I am I guess <laughs> I, th I definitely understand how you feel about that and I think like coming back to like how we were taught in drama school to sort of um in some ways you know I kind of came out of it falling out of love with the experience and I think for me the the oh, yeah. issue that I had is that so many people that I was seeing that were industry level professionals uh, were these well established people that were stuck in their ways, um, had real no room for change or anything oh. different, just very status quo. Oh, yeah. This is how it is and this is how it always should be. Uh, yeah. If you can't act or look a certain way, then you're not going to make it. And I, I find it so backwards. And that was my biggest issue um, going through drama mm -hmm. school. I don't know if you guys had similar feelings or i think to be honest collectively all three of us had very similar experiences just from what we've talked about previously mm. um but i do feel that the experiences i had didn't make me fall out of love with um the industry but rather mm. made me almost more motivated to change it because i was the direct i was like the next generation of people that were going to become the generation that were teaching us, do you know what I mean? And so I just knew that I needed to just do what I wanted to do in a way. And I think I've kind of always been like that, but I just think it's so important that we change things now while we can mm -hmm. um, and teach our kids to also to do the same thing so that we don't get these people that are in positions of power, such as like teachers and managers and you know tutors and everything like this uh, we don't get them stuck in their ways just teaching us the same stuff that is incredibly outdated um yeah but i i just i don't know that's just kind of how i feel i feel like i i, I wanted to get out for a long time and when i did i was incredibly glad that i did um and i think i've become more determined because of it I think personally, I think because I was one of the unfortunate ones to have to work basically full time on top of uh, our university to be able to actually afford life in the city and things like that. Mm -hmm. And like I had no financial support from my parents. It was a case of, well, this is your choice. You go do it. And mm -hmm. I went to university at 17 and I never turned 18 till December. So, so I had a long time of like not having to socialize with a lot of people because they were all going out and I'm like... <laughs> in like six months yeah. but yeah I think the actually having the burnout on top of that because I was like 
working 30 hours a week on top of nine to five uni and I even had one of the lecturers turn to me and go you need to quit your job if you need to focus on this and I was like I can't because otherwise I won't be here and I, I did take a lot of time out of university for my mental health and it was a thing that I'm actually really proud of doing because I think a lot of us like had a lot of burnout especially towards the end of our course and in a way like I'm kind of glad that I stuck to my guns and knew what was right for me in a way I mean don't get me wrong like I had some people that were like oh what are you doing you're just having a sky and I was like no I cannot get out of bed <laughs> yeah. like I am not there but like I actually read I was saying to Kyle the other day that apparently it takes three to five years to get out of a burnout situation and like we graduated in 2019 so I'm like kind of makes sense I'm now trying to like dip my toe back into performing arts and things now <laughs> yeah because I think you've touched on something that's really important there and another thing i wanted to talk about because it is really sort of how me and you sort of bonded through oh, this yeah. experience which is going dealing with mental health and feel free to share as much or as little as you would like to about it but yeah. i think both of us had issues that it was just it was difficult to find our goings on or our surroundings as serious as people were making them out to be oh, yeah, um sure. because we were going through things that couldn't even touch the level of severity that we're used to and i think a lot of people understand that especially if they've been through particularly heavy stuff um of how easy it is to find yourself in a position where it's like i understand that this means the world to you but right now i just i don't care because my my mental capacity cannot extend (laughs) further because like for me personally Um, it was the case of for for three years we were there I went through a messy long distance breakup. Um, my I suffered from depersonalization. So it was like I was physically there, but mentally I'm in space. And it was like, I, I didn't feel like I was fully there at all. It's so difficult to explain like how you really feel, but it's like, just you're just there. You're a figure of a person. I didn't talk to anyone unless I was in a class. Like the amount of times you saw me just sitting in the corner was kind of quite ridiculous, let's be honest. Mm. And then like towards the end of third year it was just I totally lost passion so it's like three years of constant of why are you not trying this but I'm trying but no you're not trying it's like trust me you know what's going on in my head I'm fucking trying <laughs> and, and it was even got to the point where like, I worked in hospitality while I was at mm. uni and it was a case of getting away from performers was the only way my brain could actually like restore itself yeah. And it's probably why I picked up so many shifts on top of, you know, having to live. <laughs> it was a way of survival. It's just it's just so sad yeah. because it's like I do consider finding um acting and my and and exploring that creative side of myself one of the best things that I've ever done. Um because it's just made me into a completely different person. Um mm. but it's just so sad that the amount of people that have that come out of drama school get treated like like this um especially if they suffer from some kind of mental health and the thing is is that sometimes it's 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 not obvious as well like some people really show symptoms of mental health um like you guys have explained and some people just don't do you know what i mean some people aren't even aware of it for themselves and it's just like there is no help at all there is no help for people suffering from mental health it the, the idea that you can almost do what they did, which was just kind of go snap out of it, work harder, is just, yeah. is bullshit. It's so ridiculous. Oh. And it's it's almost like inhumane. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, I don't understand how, I don't know. I just don't understand how you can turn around to someone that's clearly suffering and just ignore it completely. And there's yeah. just no support. There's no sympathy or empathy. You know, there's no real help. There's no funding to get real help. And to be honest with you, like that place in particular, the money that we all paid was mm-hmm. fucking ridiculous. And it should have been enough to pay for our funding and also get us a fucking counsellor if we needed it. Because yeah. the shit that we would go through on a daily basis in order to like perform and open up and, you know, train us as better actors, we should have had a counsellor. Some and yeah. not someone that we paid for, a free counsellor that they paid for so that we could become better, stronger people. And if we were dealing with shit, be able to deal with it and also, you know, 
come to class and we just didn't. I mean the last thing sorry the last thing I wanted to do first thing in 9am was lie on the floor and think about what I was doing and what my motivations were exactly like you know I'm I barely motivated myself to get out of bed to like, go yeah, to that 9am exactly. but like part of me is glad I went through it because I learned so much but it just makes me want to push through and help so many next performers and be like look performing art school does not need to be like that like your love for theater and performing does need to get that toxic if that makes sense too many people place themselves above the situation you know to try and, and be something that they weren't and sort of um dehumanize themselves a little bit you know does that make sense in the way that it's just like yeah. they're sort of going the industry is this being yeah. and and we are not allowed to be sad or you know if you are do it but in a convenient way which is not it's not how it works i remember once like I've, i I'm, can't remember if i've spoken about this or not but we were doing a show and i was trying to focus on actually teaching myself how to do things like you know um programming lights and sound and also kind of teaching myself how to build sets and or help build sets and kind of being more of like a sort of stage crew just to just to learn more about it because there wasn't that facility and I remember one of our teachers when we did our like debriefs came up to me and was just like do you not think you'd be better off as a stage manager and I was like first of all I was doing absolutely nothing to do with stage management and yeah. you should know that second of all you should not be telling me to do one or the other you should be promoting the idea that pretty much all drama schools do of add as many strings to your bow as possible and you should be saying you're good at this keep going with it as well as what you're doing here yeah yeah so that's the thing is that the second that they see you kind of veer off into another path they try and put you in a box and oh, it's yeah. like no i don't want to be in that fucking box i want to do lots of different things because we all know how difficult the industry is especially when you have um mental health problems or various things going on in your life. So it's like, why would I not try and open up as many doors as possible so that if you do fall into a rut and fall out of love and you know don't have that passion anymore, why would you not try and learn something else so that you can actually have mm. a, your best shot at a good life and maybe yeah. fall in love with it again? I don't, I just don't understand. Here's a question for you both. Um, I've thought about it a lot since you asked me guys on, uh, you guys asked me onto the podcast. Um, do you feel like the particular university we went to, should they change what they describe the course to be? As in, like, if you could rewrite what the course syllabus would be described as, like, how would you reword it as brutally honest as possible? I don't know if I would change, because the issue is, is that they they have the classes, right? Yeah, they have the classes and but they I just don't feel like they have the stuff. And mm -hmm. to be honest with you, the main thing about that school, in my opinion, was the communication between um, faculty and um, students. Oh, yeah. And I just don't feel like our opinions were ever valued, despite the fact that we were paying a shit ton of money to be there every single month. And I think that. I wouldn't necessarily change the description because I think overall it could have been a really good fucking course. I just think that they need to um, listen to what feedback the students give them because at the moment yeah. we have given them, among many oh, yeah. things, plenty of feedback and they completely ignore it. Oh, they, do not, <laughs> they, they just go, right, she's out, he's out. Yeah they're out you know and that's that's the sort of toxic side of it so it's like they weren't willing to spend the money on the right amount of staff in order to meet those demands so we would just kind of get in my opinion half-assed lessons which in the, it, basically if you do a half-assed lesson i think it's not worth the time so i would have yeah. rather they actually just cut all the lessons in half to be to allow the minimal staff they had to just be able to separate their time better because I do believe it's quality over quantity. Oh, but yeah. they were trying to just shove as many lessons in as possible. It, it comes back to something we spoke about in episode one, actually, about changing people's minds. I think I think it comes it comes down to me about just 
creating something ourselves that changes that stigma do you know what i mean yeah. uh, and and very much what you have done lara is to go i don't, don't agree with this so what can i do well i can put myself in the best opportunity to be that teacher and, and cut yeah. that cycle or or lessen that experience for someone else as as, as what i've had that I think for me is the best way to handle situations rather than to you know go to established people and try and change their minds because yeah. you might not be able to do as much as if you had you had the voice if you used your mm -hmm. own voice rather than trying to change another's I don't follow them on social media or anything now because no, of everything that happened because it was like that was one of my ways of just cutting everything getting totally afresh Completely. but like I because I like I purposely went on just to, I actually went on to have a look at their like their fees recently I don't know why but it was when I read the description I was just like I was I don't I don't know part of me was sitting there going like I felt like I never got sold that product if that makes sense like the way that like you know if you get given a product it's like right it will do this 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 but in reality it didn't do this that or the other like part of me like I don't regret it but a part of me I was like I wish I took a year out because I was I went straight from high school yeah and same. it was my second option of what to do because I completely uh, got rejected from all my UCAS applications mm. so it just makes me think I was like if I took a year out and totally rethought everything I might have been on a totally different path but I totally am okay with it if that makes yeah. sense I guess I guess maybe we should now move on to sort of more pleasant things. Uh, yes, including the present. Um, yes. How has your experience as a teacher been going? What do you notice is different from your education experience, and what are you trying to change? I'd like to point out. So my experience will be totally different to the next especially in the city of which I work because I work in quite one of the deprived areas in particular. So I have a lot at the moment of noticing how much the kids rely on technology. Mm. Like they are the definition of iPad children. Like they can't do anything unless it's on an iPad. Like they can't do a math question unless it's a, a math game. They can't do English unless it's an English game. Trying to get them to run about in PE they're exhausted after one lap because they don't go outside. Mm. And it's like, that's the thing that's really got me. It's like, if I talk to the kids, like, oh, what did you do at the weekend? They're like, sat inside, played on the Xbox. So I'm like, but I'm like, you don't go out to play? And I'm like, well, no, it's not safe. And I'm like, good God, like, it just makes me think like, because I, obviously I never grew up in the city. So I'm like, it's just, I don't know if it's a contrast with city and like rural mm. or if it's like just, you know, they're living in 2022. Like I've got so many kids that it's like as soon as they've got the slightest cough or the person next to them they've got a cough, they're like, I need to go. Like I can't be with them. I can't go here. I can't be here. And it's so sad that so many of the kids' education has been hindered by it in particular. And like we've got a big problem right now on um behaviour. And it's now trying to figure out like is it nature, nurture, or pandemic is how yeah, we're describing it. Because <laughs> it's like we've got so many kids that like we've got so for example, the primary three fours their last proper year in school with primary one primary like nursery even wow. so it's like they, they've not had the key years in school to be able to get the correct social cues in place yeah so it's like mm. trying to talk to a child and be like look you can't do that and i'm like but mum says i can hit them 10 times harder if they hit me and i'm like that's not the point like i totally understand if someone says that but you don't take it literal <laughs> yeah and like, it's difficult because, like, obviously, working in such a deprived area, I feel like I work with secondary issues at um, a primary level, basically. Uh, we've had a big vaping problem right now. <laughs> vaping? Um, vaping. The youngest I've had is a primary five vaping in the toilets. Oh, my God. You try having that conversation with a 10-year-old. What flavour? Watermelon. Oh, th this is the worst bit. I was like, I said to him, I was like, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I'm like, aye, but this, the melon one's pure banging. Sorry. Like, You're like, right, fair enough. You're like, right, give me a taste. Hang on. Right. Hang on. Like, Puzzle, right? Geese above. Geese above. Laura's there at the. You know what? banging, actually. I'm literally, I'm like the second youngest PSA. So it's like, I'm in that position where I'm kind of like the older sister to a lot of them. Mm. So they just see me as a moan sometimes, but not in like a mother moan. So yeah. I'm just like, I mean, but it's like trying to explain to them. I'm like, oh, but you'll get popcorn along, you'll get this, you'll get that. And they're just like, yeah, but that's for future me to deal with. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, but no. And it's like, yeah, you've got me there. It's difficult. <laughs> 
it's that thing in the way because like their parents are just like yeah it's fine you know they're like they choose the parents don't give a shit it's difficult because i currently i feel like i'm a mother figure as well as a friend to some of them as well as like just a person they can happily talk to about their feelings mm. as well as being the teacher role because like a lot of the children I work with don't have very good connections at home or come from broken families and like some of them don't even get like a hug from their parents oh, so and it's like even have and like, or they don't talk to their parents because they go straight onto the iPad when they're at home or whatever mm. so it's like trying to get that connection with the children as well as what I've been really working with and that's but, a hard line to walk as well yeah you know obviously you don't want to cross that line because you are in a position of authority and you exactly. don't want to kind of there's a difference between kind of being a supportive um figure and almost yeah. like almost like a core memory you know for some of these kids uh -huh. like you they you are who they will remember that was like yeah. one of the only people that maybe maybe the only person that was like kind to them and then actually you know took the time to listen so there's a difference between that and actually getting involved in their oh, yeah. business do you know what i mean because that's like especially as a, as a teacher that's a difficult line to cross i remember i was i watched an interview with bo burnham but bo burnham made a really good point of of saying like you know people complain about today's generation and like how sad they are and how like you know how they're addicted to their ipad and they're always looking down and i remember he, him just going like why wouldn't they like yeah. what's the, what is there to look up at yeah which that's is true. And, and and it's not like a it's not him being like he's not joking he's just kind of like genuinely like, you know, it's probably the reason why they're looking at their iPads is because it's a safe place. Yeah. It is some, it's, it's somewhere that they can pretend is real so they're not getting shouted at. They're not getting maybe hit. They're not getting um, traumatized in a variety yeah. of different ways. Um, they're not getting bullied. It's just a safe place where they can play games, watch funny videos. You know, it's just... And I don't blame kids for wanting to go to, to the screens. Because yeah. for us growing up, um, we're all kind of the same age, but for us growing up, it was like, it was present in our childhoods or sort of like, you know, late, you know, uh, early teens, kind of, you know, late tweens, if, <laughs> I guess you want to call it. Um, I don't fucking know. But we also, we went outside, we like rode on our bikes, scooters, like we did all that yeah. stuff. And I don't think that that's like the correct way to be a child. I don't think there is a correct way to be yeah. a child because that was in, you know, fucking, uh, you know, mid early to mid 2000s. And this is now their childhood where it's like early, it's 2022. So it's yeah. like, this is what is accessible to them and it's easier. So I don't blame kids for wanting to just, if they're being treated like that at home, I don't blame them for wanting to go and play Fortnite because it's maybe it's safer for them. And I think the fact that, you you and i'm sure other people and you know young people like us are trying to treat younger people and our own children by communicating with them i think mm -hmm. is so important because it's just showing them that they have a safe space it's um it's one of those things that comes into and and it's it's a joke made a lot of the younger generations and the, the millennials to the gen z's of of being the sort of traumatized gener generation in which we sort of grew up sort of seeing every tragedy from, you know, 9-11 onwards, you know, wars, uh, recessions. Pandemics. Yeah. Pandemics, dictators, yeah. Yeah. you know, um, immigration, yeah. um, you know, Brexit. overpopulation, Brexit. Yeah. So many, so many historical events that have happened in a short space of time in my life, you know, like I lived through you know the first ever black president and it's yeah. and that happened in the 2000s which is madness you know mm -hmm. but it's the way this world has changed so much over these past couple of years that i think is the reason why people in these younger generations now are desensitized or don't want to deal oh, with God. the the issues of the world because it's it's just it's everywhere constantly how can they and so easily accessible now because of the internet that it's just in your face every time you open up your phone now it's you know well, it's you know like headline that, headline headline you know yeah it's yeah. one of the main reasons i got tiktok was because like i had to know what the kids were going like talking about in the playground so like when web game was a big thing like obviously not age appropriate for primary school whatsoever yeah. like they started playing like red light green light in the playground and i'm like that's just and i understand it's an adaptation of white horses but 
they shouldn't be playing that and it was like stuff and like even like the war going on in ukraine right now like totally damaged ukraine by the way um like the amount of stuff like they're seeing online and then like they're asking questions about it and i'm like i've not been trained on how to deal with this bigger political issue <laughs> like because yeah. some of the family like some of the families that we work with like they've got family over there and it's like trying to explain to them it's like like i understand it's a difficult situation but it hopefully will get better and it's but like trying to be like but this person says on the internet that this and i'm like that's not how it works like i mean i had an argument with a child who was pro-russia the other day and that was really difficult because <laughs> oh i like just wanted to shake them and be like what are you on about i know but, but the, thing is, the thing is is sometimes when you ask the kids they say oh i'd you go why do you think that's like oh well i don't know like my dad says that yeah yeah exactly you know? and there's a lot of the time i'm like look you need to do your own research that like, you need to look at reliable sources like we've actually had to start teaching that from a young age now because it's like and I'm, I'm totally for tiktok because i can totally see the benefits of it mm. but at the same time like it reaches your like your content will reach such a large demographic and it's quite scary on how quick you can reach people it's difficult when you get presented a question that is actually much deeper than it's not you know and you don't want to do you know it's like when kids ask about like where do babies come from you don't want to be like well when a mommy loves it because it's just it's really stupid it's like why are you making up names for a penis and a vagina like it's okay mm -hmm. for those kids to be curious yeah. and to be honest with you like i'm on the i'm very much i'm a firm believer that if my child comes to me and says what's this and points to their genitals i will go that is your penis that is your vagina and i will explain to them what it is and they don't need to know all the details depending on how you know how old they are but it's like why are you going to make up all of these words these childish words because then then they're going to have a very childish view of yeah. that organ whereas if you just say to them that is your vagina it's a very important part of your body and it's yours and yours alone so you know treat it well kind of thing yeah and uh, do you know what i mean i feel like it will just if you treat these top topics as actual topics and if you know treat every question as a genuine question asked by a curious growing human I just yeah. believe that those kids will grow up to be more emotionally intelligent because they've not received like that's your foo foo oh and your pee wee. Well, it's like well, this thing is like for uh, safeguarding issues now in schools, mm. we legally have to teach them from a young age. This is your penis. This is your vulva. This is your vagina. Where yeah, it's because there's been so many safeguarding issues where like mm. across the country where people have said like oh they touched my muma and it's like what the fuck's a muma yeah. <laughs> like, and it's like trying to teach children from such a young age, but they still find it that funny and like immature. And it's like, I totally get that. Yeah. But at the same time, like trying to reiterate to a child, like for your safety, and it, I hate saying it like for your safety, but for your safety, please it's call it your so penis necessary. breasts. Mm. Because if, like, if, if a child comes up to me and says, that man touched my breasts, that's something that that's I need to report. You know what I mean? And, but it's, it's very clear information. Yeah, this is exactly. what happened. And even if the child can provide nothing more than that, I can then, as the responsible adult, go, go. okay, here's the next step, you know? And that's yes. the thing, is that when you work with kids, you have to be so in tune to, to, to them. And especially if they've not got a very good home situation, they might not be getting taught any of this at home. Parents can be a hindrance to their own kids' development a lot oh, as yeah. well by just sort of closing their lives off to things because that's how their parents raised them and not being able to break the cycle uh yeah. for maybe because you believe it it's right or whatever but i personally believe it's bullshit yeah, <laughs> um you know it's just you've you can't stop how this world is changing and i'm so happy yeah. that it's changing that way mm. but the reason that we can't get there is because there are so many people that we are just waiting for them to show up yeah. <laughs> you know it, it, it's just i don't i find it hard to process how someone can want a world in which there is anger or upset and actively contribute to it you know yeah. i know because like why can't it just be a world where you can just be you and not and yeah. nobody else give a shit about that like that's the thing that gets me all the time it's just i think it's just why actively encourage someone else's suffering for what the most part is something that doesn't affect you yeah. now I understand if someone is is participating in something that causes into, you know, harm to others or or revokes the rights or consents of another person. Yeah, absolutely, I get that. But 
something that is literally not affecting you is not your battle but i think the, the issue is is that for example with with um something like for example gay rights um people that are opposed to gay rights think that it does affect their rights and mm. it they, they they genuinely believe that it does affect them because simply by gay people existing i guess daisy we could probably start with you what me what was your school experience like and what were the sort of like highlights of of your school life and and the lowlights if you would like to share those yeah um i found school really difficult um i was bullied a lot most most of us were <laughs> most people uh, I was bullied a lot. Um, I was definitely a people pleaser. We used to go down the road every Friday um, in like primary school. And it was like, when you got to primary seven, you got to go down the road and that was basically just walk five minutes into town and you could get like some sweets and a baguette before like the end of class basically. And um, I used to go down and I remember because I, my mum would give me money and she'd be like, right, you can go down on a Friday. And, um, people would like act, I remember these girls, they became friends with me because I would like get sweets and then I'd like sort of share them with people. So these girls became my friends specifically so that I would buy them sweets. And I remember actively oh. like, they were like, oh, can you buy sweets? And I was like, oh, friends. And I was like, yeah, sure, no worries. And I literally bought them like a massive thing of sweets and then just gave them to them and wasted my money. And I remember thinking, like, obviously, being like, why did I do that? But it's just, you want to have friends, you want to be liked, you don't want to be by yourself. And I think that the teachers would see that and they would do absolutely nothing. And I remember once my teacher, I, this is when I found acting and I was in English and our music teacher had said to us, if you're in the musical, you can leave English or whatever class you're in um, 15 minutes earlier to come to rehearsal. So I had said to her, I need to leave. And, uh, or miss the, the teacher had said, and I was like, right, that's fine. And then I went up to sort of grab my stuff. And she was like, you're not leaving. And I was like, well, I need to get to my rehearsal. And she was like, you're not leaving. And I was like, well, I, I am because I, I need to go to rehearsal. Like, you know, if we finish early, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be back next lesson. Do you know what I mean? And she, she genuinely said to me, if you walk out that door, you will never amount to anything. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that is such a core memory for me. Like, I will never forget that. I mean, yeah. and I'm, I feel like, as I was saying earlier, my school experience, both primary school and high school and also uni, all three of them have just inspired me to, like, not be like that, to be a better person and to kind of, in many ways, prove them wrong, to go, well, actually, I will amount to things and I have amounted to things. Um... But the way that it's like you, you are a teacher, you are an educator, you are, you see these new, like, people in the world, and you treat them like that. Like, no child deserves to be spoken to like that, no matter the background. Like, I was not a bad kid, I just had trouble focusing. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I just, but I remember that the thing for me was I found acting when I was like 15. And it was just a turning point and I just did not care about anything else. It was like, that was all I cared about. Everything made sense to me. It was like, this is what I meant to do. This is my thing, you know? And I, and you know, 10 years later, yeah. I still, I still feel the exact same way. It's all I want to do. And I think that there was not one teacher in that building that saw that and went, right, we're going to try and, you know, help her because she's, clearly good at something and it's this but it was like i was doing like hires and shit i was doing higher english like i was asked to do advanced higher music but i said no because it was too much work because i was writing scripts so i was like now nah, i'm okay i was doing like higher photography like i was i'm a smart person <laughs> i just mm -hmm. didn't care because the teachers were cunts and that's my school experience of just like i think every single time i i've been in and out of school I've just gone, right, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> um, I'm just going to prove every single person I've ever met wrong. Yeah. So it was a good experience. Though. Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely. 10 out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> Lara, do you mind sort of giving us your sort of school experience? Yeah. So for me, primary school was 
relatively chilled. I grew up um, just outside of Falkirk, so I was like in the villages. Um, so literally the biggest insult round about where I grew up was my dad's tractor is bigger than your dad's tractor. Um, <laughs> same, same, I yeah. like that as well. Yeah, so primary school was really chill. Um, I was a big old swat. I was the well-behaved kid that all the naughty kids got put beside. Um, right. And that was throughout high school as well. Um, in my, I went to two high schools. My first high school, I went to happily till happily through my third year. And it was weird because I was on track to actually go and do history because um, like, I was so passionate about history. I still am I'm really interested in it. But it was like the only subject I was really excelling in. Even in drama, I was proper flopping it, even though I did drama outside of school, did performing outside of school. But it was just in the drama department there did not like me. Um, my parents separated. I then moved up to Fife where I went to my second high school and I got very badly bullied for being the quirky new kid. Because it was like, stupidly, I thought, oh, yeah, you know, the perfect time to try and start a YouTube channel was when I moved house at 15 or 13 or however old I was. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just like, you know, that thing of like, oh, you're different. I don't like you. You're a bit. Um, Wait, what was on your YouTube channel? <laughs> and what's the link? Vlog. <laughs> but it was just like me uh, talking about Do you still have the videos? No. <laughs> Did you have like but, an intro line? Uh, yeah. That reminds me. Um, so it used to be Hey Movers and Shakers with Lara. And it got to the point where my year head and the head of drama knew it and he said it at our prom. <laughs> and he was like, You are all fine ladies, gentlemen, movers and shakers. And everyone stared at me. And I was like, Oh fuck. <laughs> oh my God. I would have that killed was myself you never on do. the spot. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't have many friends at my second high school. And um, it was actually the drama department is where I fully excelled. It was where I used to hide every break in lunchtime. Yeah, um, yeah felt, basically the teachers became my friends. Uh, I actually still talk to one of the teachers every so often. He's a really nice guy. Um, but yeah, towards the end of high school, I actually fell out with the four friends I had just because I called them out on the bullshit. <laughs> Because I, I was very much like, I don't have the patience for this. We're going to be adults soon. Fuck you, lot. I'm away. Um, and it was just like, literally, I was like, your boyfriend's a cunt. You're doing this. You don't like her. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to prom alone and I had to sit next to one of them really awkwardly at the prom table. It was great. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I think I was lucky in a way like that like a lot of my school life was really chilled and I the only bullying I really got was for being different and being a performer in a school that was very science heavy. Like my old head teacher used to actually put more money into the science department and the maths department than he did the performing arts. So, and even like the art department, they were using paints from like 10 years prior. So yeah, it was very odd. So ladies and gentlemen, school budgets. <laughs> and how they're spent wrong it's still bad now i guess i had sort of like a weird school experience because i moved schools a lot so i was never like quite well established my first school you know like i had quite a few friends i used to go around people's houses it was like a small village you know so you everyone sort of knew everyone kind of town mm. and um then i moved again and then I moved again, and then I moved to Scotland, which was just, like, complete change. And that was when I was around eight years old. And then from there, it was just kind of like a, like, just a general being around a lot of people who had known each other for a lot of years. And then, like, I didn't really know anyone for any amount of time, you know? Like, people, so many people have, like, friends, it's like, oh, yeah, we came out the womb together, you know? And I just never really had that. Um, so you know uh, i would have a lot of different friend groups uh, a lot of different people in my life um in high school i found like a group of friends that i ended up hanging out with a lot and, and that's when i did like a lot of my growing up you know the sort of like social event sides of it of going out drinking partying and and, and um, sort of having that side of your teen years which i'm very grateful for i still have a lot of love for all those people and uh, i think without that and sort of seeing because they were this sort of like outcast group as as we all were you know seeing how they you know sort of took what they did and were proud of it and and you know just actively pursued it instead of trying to sort of put away parts of themselves is, is sort of what led me to like coming out and and 
just sort of taking care of myself and going, do you know what, this is what I enjoy and I'm gonna I'm not gonna pretend that that's who I'm not anymore. Mm. You know? So sorry, I'm not gonna pretend that's who I am anymore. <laughs> I'm not you know? gay, everyone. Carl Strait I'm not gay. Guys, Carl Strait he's finally admitted it. Get the fuck all out. I've been straight. I feel so I feel we've we've started I've, um Daisy's building a Segway. Hang on. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of... The is being built. Hang on. Um, <laughs> She's constructed it. Speaking of disappointments, Laura... <laughs> I know I have one, okay? I'm sorry. That's our, next, that's, our next, that's our next fan video. Daisy trying to formulate a question for 10 minutes straight. <laughs> So now that we've spoken about our own personal experiences, obviously, Lara, you, as a teacher, how do you think that you currently um, do things differently than, like, or handle things differently than your teachers did to you? Um, and obviously me and Kyle, we are not teachers, but we can just kind of say yeah. how we would. Um, so yeah, Lara, how do you kind of think that you handle these situations better or differently than your teachers did? I think, um, the main thing being that it's like, I'm 23, so there's only, the maximum age gap there can be between me and the children is 11, uh, no, sorry, the minimum age gap that there can be between me and the children is 11 years. Mm. So I think I'm lucky in that sense in the fact that I can actually sit and try and relate to them a little bit more than what maybe some of the teachers who have been there for like 50 years could, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And like, I can talk to them more and like, I, I kind of understand and I can totally see why like online bullying's more present because I've experienced it and things like that. But definitely like having the benefit of being there in a sense of actually being there and sitting and going like, totally get it, totally understand it. Here's what we're going to do when you've got some of the like I admit even the staff I work with now are very like old mindset if that makes sense mm, yeah. so it's like trying to do like that thing of like oh the, like this boy's hitting this girl and say, oh it's because he likes him and I'm like no no it's that's, it's no abuse. it's not that yeah I'm like no that's just being a, a little shit or bullying or whatever yeah. it's called being and a it's bastard like, <laughs> oh honestly bastard. the amount of times I say that under my breath um <laughs> they're like yeah it's like getting to that point of like being the new generation and there's still going to be a lot of teachers in our age group as well coming into the scene and things like that and it'll be eventually it'll be a time where there's more than us than them and yeah I hate saying us and them but you know what I mean yeah. but like there'll be a turn where there'll be the more open mindset and it'll be the more understanding and the more relatable yeah. in a way because yeah. like there's always going to be the age difference between me and the kids but like I mean I can relate to them more than Sandra who's 50 and has 20 grandkids so <laughs> i was gonna say like sandra's not a real person i'd like to point out that was a made up name um, <laughs> so for but, sandra if you're listening sandra get your shit together bitch <laughs> but yeah no i think just being the more understanding and just getting them a bit more is probably i mean that's what i like to think i get by but like i have had kids like not to put one trumpet that come up to me and go like oh miss parson you just get me more and I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. Probs, <laughs> but, <are>. probs, yeah. <laughs> what was that? That's the thing. Is like, I just talk to them like I'm their pal, and it makes it easier compared to like, you know, just shouting down their throat all day. Because it's it like, don't, it, what does that solve? Exactly. You know what I mean? And it, you can lecture the kids, but make it in a fun way. And I've watched, like, example, I've watched a lot of Super Nanny. Yeah. So oh, Kyle's yes. actually the expert on this. I, I am love an expert Super in children. He is a I boss fucking ass. love Super Nanny. He knows that you guys are in a crisis, and he's on his way. I'm on my I'm way. On my way. I <laughs> love, I love Super Nanny. I need like a separate time to talk about Super Nanny. Daisy, Can we need to book in. Okay. Super someone Nanny for episode. a Super Nanny episode. Okay. Get Sorry, her herself. Man. Yeah, Joe Frost. <laughs> Joe Frost. <gasps> could you imagine yeah. that would be so That'd cool? Be sick. <laughs> Joe Frost, if you're and listening. And then we could have Abby Lee Miller. Yes, Abby Lee Miller, Joe Frost, in a if you want to come in. on, I guess for me it would be because my experience wasn't that awful. For me, I think it would just. I think it's a lot of if you're going to teach a new generation, I think you need to have a real passion for what you do and an honest passion, yeah. um, and want the best. For instance, if you don't like children, maybe consider another career. 
if you're prone to losing your patience maybe don't put yourself in a stressful environment like yeah i guess for me maybe what i saw a lot was teachers that didn't want to be teachers or didn't have the passion to be good teachers and um don't let those kids down if you are a teacher because those are the kids that need us the most yeah. for this country to be better to do better and to really honestly help the people that need it these schools are the places that need the attention not the schools where you're breeding all your prime ministers from sorry yeah. about it but some things are more important yeah Daisy, what would you what would you do what i would if you do... had one shot or one opportunity <laughs> Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> He's weak. Mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I don't know rap music. Um, <laughs> I think what I would do is just encourage them. And I think I would, I think all it takes is one, like, if one teacher, just one, had, like, said to me, I believe in you. Like, I think that you are a good person. That's all it would have taken. Because that's all, sometimes it's like, if you have got 10 people shoving shit down your throat and you've just got one person that's on your side fighting for you, that's all it takes. I think it makes me so upset for some kids because they don't have that sort of, like, support in their life of people that believe in yeah, exactly. the education system. Yeah. But, like, I always read at a really high level because yeah, when I was too. young, my nan, my nan sat with me and taught me how to write my own name before I could even properly speak, you know, yeah, and would sit and would read things with me, you know, and that's why I was so educated at a young age. Mm. And it is just that thing. And it, it's funny, I was talking about it the other day, um, my nephew recently, uh, his birthday just went and I was asking my sister what kind of stuff he wanted. And uh, she said that he's been building a lot and he enjoys playing with Legos and stuff. Mm -hmm. so for his birthday i brought him a lego set and then uh she phoned me the other night to ask me an opinion and she said um should i get animal crossing or minecraft for the kids and i was like oh why and she said well because my nephew that loves to build wants minecraft but my other nephew wants the animal crossing game to build a village and, and all that sort of stuff and i said well uh this 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 is my opinions and and these are the mm -hmm. prices etc and then i just said to her after i hung up the phone i said just just I'll send you the money for the game for and then you can get them both and I just said I said to someone afterwards I said I just wish because for me it's like 16 pound right which sometimes when you're not making that kind of money it is it's hard to come by and you yeah. don't really yeah. have that money to just give out to people fair enough um but I was it was just sitting there and I thought you know and this isn't to say that this is the only way you can encourage kids but I thought I would rather buy him that game because I wish when I was his age when I had passions for things, that there was someone in my life who could have afforded to do that, you know? Just you educate your fucking children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just educate them on, like, like, modern day political views and, like, all that shit. Just make them well-rounded human beings. That's all I ask. It makes yeah. our jobs easier. Treat them with kindness <laughs> In a <as> selfish way. <laughs> I think just Try at the best. end of the day, just, just be kind to your children and, yeah. like... Be you know, Anyone. they can be fucking little shit sometimes. And trust me, we all know because we're oh, all yeah. in the same fucking Starbucks line. But it's like, <laughs> you know, they're acting up because they're upset about something and they're angry about something. And they maybe just don't have the vocabulary to express yeah. what it is that's wrong with them. Sometimes I don't have the right vocabulary mm -hmm. to express what's wrong with me. We've all felt like that where we just, there's something up and we don't know what yeah. it is. So that would move us on to our rep for rec section. Now, for those of you who have not been with us before, our rep for rec section is a collection of myself, Daisy and the guests, uh, recommendations of books, songs, movies, films, people, foods, places. It is really all encompassing. It can be whatever the person wants at the time and it is just a collection of things that we think people would benefit from knowing about so as our guest of honor lara you get to give your rec for rec first what is your rec for rec for this episode before i start please hear me out <laughs> i <laughs> not a disclaimer <laughs> i talk a lot to children in my day-to-day -day life um <laughs> not because i'm a creep but obviously because i work at school <laughs> yeah, we get that. 
Um, the last thing I need when I come home most days is to be mugged down by the news, by drama, something that I have to stay engaged with. So the best thing that I have found is what I like to call the 10 out of the 10s out of the one of the 10s telly. Which the basically what means the, what the, what, the, best what? Of the, the best of the shit telly, basically. Okay. So, <laughs> so um, the one thing that of which we have found recently that I have been mildly obsessed with is the Below Deck franchise, which is okay. um, a selection of TV series which is based upon the deck crew and the stewardesses of the super yachts of the world. Right, so it is like, it's the most... It's basically like Towie met, um, so like Towie being the staff and like made in Chelsea on the poshest drugs ever. I don't know what that would be. I'm not a druggie. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> the, posh the poshest drugs ever. The Tory drugs. <laughs> the the Tory drugs that have a top hat and a monocle. <laughs> basically it's yeah you just follow the crew and like how they deal with all these like pretentious obnoxious guests and like there's drama amongst all the team and it's it's very mind-numbing and if you don't like those sort of tv shows i can totally understand it but when you've just been dealing with craziness all day it's all it's just what you need my rep for rec for this episode is a film that i watched recently on netflix i don't know if anyone else has seen it it's called pieces of a woman uh it's about a woman who loses her baby through childbirth uh and it's sort of the journey of her grief and sort of going through the grief the the process uh i don't know if it's based on a true story or not i think it might have some ties to real life experiences um but it's just it's just a really great it's stylistically a really good film and uh incredibly uncomfortable at parts um on purpose so you really do need to sort of put yourself in the mindset to have that um but it's it's i think it's uncomfortable for a reason and it's almost kind of similar to what we do here a little bit you know uncomfortable for a reason so mm. um i i do recommend watching it but you just make sure you've got the <laughs> you're in the right mindset to yeah, take that's on something weird. like that um well i was going about a few but i figured that because we're on the topic of kind of like children childhood um, I thought I would go with one of my kind of childhood comfort shows, um, which was actually a program from the 60s um, called The Monkeys. Um, probably mentioned it a few times to everyone I know. Um, but it most people just know that it was a band, but it was also um, a TV show in the 60s. And it was just basically about um, these four sort of young guys who wanted to basically just be a successful band um but it was the premise of they all lived together in the flat and then they would just kind of go on like adventures every single episode um and it was very like funny there was great music but it was just one of those shows that is just a has just been a consistent um comfort show in my life and it's it's easy watching do you know what i mean but they've also there's some really good episodes on there that are actually quite like emotional for the 60s um and even if you don't enjoy that type of like sort of style like um older programs i highly recommend just having a little watch or a look through um of you know i can make a playlist of like my favorite episodes or something because you don't need to watch them in order either um it's just like every episode is a new a new episode so um yeah but it's just good wholesome fun and kind of helped me when i was um in school because i could just like watch the episodes when i got home and was just like okay everything's fine now but um obviously as usual everything that we say on our rec for recs and everything we've talked about as well as any links that we might um link um will be uh you look directly into the camera there yeah. <laughs> anything that we link everything that we talk about today in our rec for recs and anything that we have talked about previously will indeed be in the link tree in our bio of our Instagram. Why do I feel like I'm watching a cult video right now? <laughs> Follow us. <laughs> Any final thoughts? I would just like to say thank you very much for having me. I am a big fan of your podcast. <gasps> Stop I It is. I, I, it feels quite naughty listening to it on the bus when I'm about to go to the <laughs> End of the day, um, just... Do what you think is right for your child, I guess. Keep them healthy as much as you can. 
um educate them as much as you can let them be a kid uh what my final thoughts would be to go to the parents out there and just if you have been in a situation where parenting is harder for you because of the way that you were treated growing up um or there are things in your life that are affecting your abilities to to parent properly just trust in the healing and begin the healing um and don't let your childhood and your traumas and your difficulties pass on to your children um because you have the opportunity to do better for them also on that note um if you are struggling as a parent talk to your child's school they are more than welcome and more than happy to help you we've got the support that we can give to you your children will grow up to respect you more if you communicate with them and i think that they will resent you if you you stop them or hinder them in any way because of your own personal beliefs i think that just if you know if you have if you're being given feedback on how your child is performing in school just it doesn't matter what you think at the end of the day because you're not the child here so it's like whatever is best for that child just do that you know as best you can you know um and yeah i think um quality over quantity as well so if you're going to provide care and um you know education for children um do a good fucking job or just don't do it at all uh, that leads us to the end of this episode of the bitchcraft and faggotry podcast we just want to say thank you lara for joining us and thank you, you for much. sharing your story and your expert you opinion of yeah of course you're welcome back anytime we just don't know when that will be um <laughs> thank you all at home for listening if you have enjoyed this podcast please leave a rating and review where appropriate if you're watching us on youtube please subscribe like hit that bell <laughs> smash that bell smash that smash bell smash it out, out the part fuck put that notification bell on hold sister and no, please you want follow on, us not on... <laughs> oh, put it on for on not hold put it on and <laughs> please follow us at the bnf pod on instagram as daisy said everything we spoke about today will be available on the link tree in our bio anything from previous episodes will be available in our feed including some funny pictures and videos yeah. relating to maybe this episode or maybe some other episodes our highlight mm -hmm. reels our rec for rec so you can talk to us a bit better and yeah just just follow us over there it's a good time i promise and as always our dms are also open as well so if you want to message the bnf pod on instagram anything about today's episode or previous episodes uh we will always answer unless we're on the shitter <laughs> in which case we'll take some time to 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 get back to you it is currently half past four <laughs> in the morning <laughs> i don't oh, yeah, know this is in south korea bye everyone bye <laughs>